I think I, I would say when people don't go for it, it's fear for sure. It's fear of failure. It's um, fear of the unknown, fear of having to work really hard, which you do. But would you regret it? If you died tomorrow, would you regret not starting this? This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, trying to help you find adventure every day in any stage of life. You're going to hear from explorers, adventurers, business owners, and anyone living their life a little more out of the box than usual. So I met Jen Perry uh, the founder of Jelt Belts at the Wright Competition in Golden, Colorado. It's like it's like a competition for companies in the outdoor industry. And I was immediately struck by her product. Um, she makes this really unique adventure belt. Just has a lot of different little innovative parts. And I was surprisingly looking for a belt, so it really worked out. And then I learned the backstory of how she hires incarcerated women in Montana and hires women who are rural, rural area women who might not have access to another job otherwise. She operates gelled out of Bozeman, Montana. It's really cool to see someone who's, who's doing so much good for the community um, doing so well in business. So I, I wanted to promote her because Jen is an avid um, outdoors woman. She skis, she hikes, she bikes. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. We kind of jump right into it. And also, uh, I wanted to say, we're going to be giving away two of the belts after the episode releases. And we're going to be giving those away to our patrons. So if you are a patron of the show, even if you're at only a dollar a month, please message us on Patreon. The first two will be giving the belts to you. And if you're not a patron of the show and you would like to become one, go to patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. And you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. Support us for five bucks a month and we'll send you some stickers. And I want to say thank you to all the patrons uh, for, for making this show happen. Also, today's episode is brought to us by Athletic Brewing, the makers of non-alcoholic craft beer. If you're keeping a promise to yourself, to your family, to your training regiment, but you like the taste of a good beer, but maybe don't want all the effects of alcohol, try Athletic Brewing. Discount in the show notes. And also CS Instant Coffee. Great coffee that you can take anywhere with you. The backcountry, while you travel, don't have to lug around a big French press or coffee maker, AeroPress, whatever you use. I use it myself, so thank you to our sponsors for making the show happen. So, all right, let's get into it. So, yeah, why don't you say, where are you coming from today? So, I'm talking to you from beautiful Bozeman, Montana, where it's currently not snowing, believe it or not, but it was weekend, but it hasn't been so great in Colorado either. No, it's been, it's been crazy. It snowed over the weekend too, and I just couldn't believe it. And it was freezing here down in down in Denver. So yeah, you guys, got twenty inches. What did Steamboat got twenty inches? Oh my gosh! I know a lot of the resorts are stri- trying to be open for Fourth of July, which is just crazy to me. It's so great, though. I love it. Do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for some warmth, but yeah. It's it's nice down here. I don't know. I, I'm sure Bozeman's pretty chilly. Yeah, Bozeman. We've had it's been crazy, but it's beautiful now, and um, hopefully we'll have a nice Fourth of July. Wonderful. Yeah. So so you're based out of Bozeman, and that's where and that's where the belts are made as well. No, the belts are made in um, a couple of locations. Uh, primarily, they're made in the women's prison in Billings, Montana. 
um, as part of a rehabilitation program for them. We work with the state of Montana Correctional Enterprise Program uh, to bring jobs to these women and training and self-confidence. Um, we pay them and their money goes toward their restitution, child support, and finally into a savings account for them to use when they're released. Oh my gosh, that is that is awesome. And see, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just the belts. It's all these other things going into it. Um, do, do you mind sharing, uh, where did you grow up and uh, how did you get into these these mountain areas? Are, are you from there? Actually, no. I, I've only lived in Montana for about 25 years, which is nothing because there's people that have lived here for four generations. So I'm definitely not a native. Uh, I'd like to consider myself local. I think when you pass the 20-year mark, you can say that, but um, yeah. I'm not native. I went to school at CU Boulder, actually. Very cool. Different different world than up there in Montana. Um, but Boulder, you know, here's the deal. I went to Boulder, was a ski bum and steamboat, then moved to New York City to get a quote-unquote real job. But I missed the mountains so much and wanted to go back to Boulder, but it was just too expensive. So um, the guy I was with, who I ended up marrying, he is a big fly fisherman, He's and he said that he would – check something else out with me. So we checked out Bozeman and fell in love and moved here and have been here ever since. Awesome. So, so what did you do when you first got there? Flailed. And <laughs> yeah. Drank a lot and ate a lot. But um, no, I actually pretty quickly <laughs> got into grad school at MSU, Montana State University, and started a master's in um, higher education administration and started the doctoral program as well, um, and then quickly realized that I did not want to spend the rest of my life behind a desk, um, you know, thinking about where to get the money, where to put the money, and all that. It's a lot of bureaucracy at these universities. I can imagine. Jeez. It's about the meeting, about the meeting. Oh, gosh. That sounds awful. <laughs> The students, that was the fun part, but the higher up you move, you know, then it's just about the money and getting the money and allocating the money and, you know, administration is tough. And I wanted to have kids and I wanted to watch their baseball games and all that stuff. So um, go skiing with them, go camping, go fishing. So I uh, quit that job to start doing the stay-at-home mom thing and then my appendix ruptured and I was in the hospital for a long time and super sick. And they said I was going to die and I didn't die. But when I was in there, clearly, unless I'm speaking from the beyond. Um, so, but when I was going through it, I thought to myself, you know, if I get, if I get out of here, I'm going to do something more with my life and I not going back to the university. Uh, what could I do? So when I got out and I was feeling better, I started volunteering at a lot of just local nonprofits in town and particularly one called Thrive. And I started doing a lot with them and saw all the good that companies were doing to give back to uh, nonprofits in our community and across the country. So I thought, what kind of business could I start that I could donate a portion of all the sales back to Thrive and some other awesome nonprofits in our community like Warriors in Quiet Waters and national organizations like 1% for the Planet. So as I kind of always had that in the back of my head, and I, 
you know, what do people need? And I was running around with my pants falling down, whether it was skiing or with my jeans or riding bikes. So I was thought, you know, I need to create a better belt. Oh, so like literally falling down. Literally falling down. Oh, that was an analogy, but no, that's, that's a real problem. (laughs) Because they're like, yeah, we don't need, nobody needs to see that. So, um, yeah. So I thought, why do people stop wearing belts? Because they're uncomfortable. They're ugly. There's metal parts that set off metal detectors at the airport, all these things. And I said, why don't I think of a belt that solves these problems that keeps your pants on with or without belt loops, no metal parts. You wear it through airport security. You could wear it hiking, biking, skiing, or with everyday jeans. It's just, I thought it could be the one and done accessory. So I started this thing all by myself about five years ago and slowly picked up a lot of really amazing, loyal employees along the way that have helped me grow this into a real awesome business. So you say all this started from your appendix rupturing. Yeah. If there's anyone listening that had a ruptured appendix, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It is a crusher. You know, like once it's, once it's gone and you've got sepsis and you're just contaminated, they can only hope that antibiotics are going to kill it, you know, kill all the bacteria inside of you and hope that you can recover. It's just sort of, how, yeah. how did that affect you as a person? Because you were a mom at that time and, and a wife. How, how did that affect your daily life? It's um, it, it, the whole thing is kind of a blur. When I was in the hospital, I mean, I I think I lost like forty pounds. I was the skeleton of a person. I um, it's really blurry. Uh, I just remember wanting to survive. I wanted to see my kids grow up and um, wanted to do way more traveling with my husband and all that. So, you know, you fight through it, but then when you get out, you have this crazy euphoria where you feel like a superhuman and like the world is the greatest place ever. And I'm going to conquer, you know, every mountain and ski every minute of my life. And, you know, just everything's fabulous. But then that kind of wears off after a year or so. And then, and then that's when the real work happens. That's when you have to like, have like this come to Jesus with yourself, like, Oh my God, what am I doing? I could, I could get sick again and die. What It's, it's a bit of a roller coaster, but, but you learn how to accept it and, and realize that every day is a gift and there's highs and lows and a roller coaster of life, but just hang on for the ride. I can see that, you know, it, it's, you live through something like that and you want to live each day like it's your last, but then, you know, you just can't keep, living like that forever or you're well, wear yourself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your kids are probably like, mom, can we just right, slow yeah. down a little bit? I used to wear this bracelet that said like every breath is a gift or something, but it's like, come on when you're like doing laundry or working a really long day or doing something stuck in traffic or something, it's hard to, to stick by that all the time. But you, you do have to keep this in mind that, being alive is pretty amazing and and just try to embrace as best you can that there's so many awesome people and so many awesome things to do in the world that, yeah, you want to live for that. And now you say once you got through that and you were volunteering, you saw that companies were doing pretty amazing things. What, what kind of things were they doing? So we have a lot of, um, 
just really amazing, thoughtful businesses in our town that donate a portion of their proceeds or they donate to the events, they sponsor events, whether it's banks or insurance companies or whatever, that I saw how much money they were able to donate. Also foundations, family foundations that are donating a lot. And so Thrive was one of the organizations that I have been really engaged with. And they help families in our community. They have five programs, whether it's teen parents, whether it's in-school mentoring, whether it's Dynamite Dads program, which helps dads connect with their kids in fun ways. Just helping kids and families be a stronger unit, I would say. Once you saw that and you wanted to start something, what were some of the first steps you took? You, you, know, I said, you said you got the idea for the belt, but then where do you start? You know, if you've never made a belt before, what do you do? Do you just go to the hardware store and get some <laughs> fabric or something? How did you do it? Kinda. No, you don't. I sat on this idea for a while, and then uh, I was telling a cousin of mine about this. And I said, you can't tell anyone I have this great idea for this invention. You know, people always have this um, invention ideas. I don't know if you've seen George Foreman with that invent help commercial. It's funny. I didn't go through it. But my cousin said, you know, I know a guy. And he lives in New York. And he helps people's inventions become reality. So she introduced me to this guy, Don Hearn, who is connected with manufacturing resources all over the world. He knows AutoCAD. He has... He says, you know, send me your ideas, send me drawings of it, send me fabric samples, send me anything you have and, and we'll get an AutoCAD drawing we'll, and we'll get a prototype made. And it's, you know, it's about a five, six step process. He said, it's going to go a lot faster for you than, than normal companies because it's just you making the decision versus if you had partners or something that it's hard to get everyone to agree that often delays the process. But when it's just me, I said, yeah, I want it like this and this and this and make it happen. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's quite a break and quite a, a connection to have. And so y- you communicate with this guy and he helps you get the product. Did it take a while to nail down exactly what you wanted or did you ha- already visualize? Because it, it's, it, you know, we haven't mentioned this yet, but it's a really unique belt. It's not just a belt. It locks together in a way that's really flush to the body. It's also kind of elastic. And so why did you decide to do those things? Um, is it for the outdoor community more specifically? Cause you mentioned your pants were falling down doing all your adventure sports. So is this like the ideal belt for that? I would say it is for me and it is for thousands of other people who are buying it. Uh, so basically the idea was I wanted a completely flat, low profile buckle that if, I was wearing it with jeans. For example, you have your shirt untucked. You can't see that you're wearing a belt at all. And then I wanted it low profile and easy to wear and stretchy elastic because on your ski pants, you just, you don't need any more weight weighing you down. That's why you usually don't wear a belt or, you know, because it's uncomfortable and you don't want it to freeze. So if it was a metal buckle, that's gets cold, whatever. So yeah, I just had all these different things in mind. The, the grippy inner gel idea comes from the powder skirt on my ski jacket, that, that gel on the inside of that elastic in your powder skirt. I cut a piece of that out of my jacket, 
ruined my jacket. But <laughs> that's what I sent to the product designer and said, I want it like this. Just ideas like that that keep you. And, and since then, you know, it was really, I was really thinking it was more just going to be more of a belt you'd wear every day. And it, because of where we lived, it evolved into this sports belt, adventure belt. But now we have a couple other designs that we've created that really are specifically more hardcore, more outdoorsy, um, a little thicker, whatever, hold up heavier pants. So we're, we're working on those designs. One of them called the Jelt X. We can't even keep it in stock. We're just selling them by the boatloads. And just it's hard for us to, to keep up with the demand. And we're learning how to do that. Does that surprise you? Yes, absolutely. We knew people would like it, but we didn't realize the extent. We didn't realize how popular it would be. And I think it's, it helps getting all these good reviews, whether on Amazon or our website or whatever. And um, people have been writing the greatest reviews and their experience working with the super easy buckle and the, the lightweightness of it or the grippiness of it. And yeah, it, since then, it's just been selling like gangbusters and I'm, we're super stoked about it. Now we got to work on supply chain issues. <laughs> How do we get a faster? How do we make enough? What other colors should we do? So we want to thank our sponsor, Athletic Brewing, for promoting a healthy lifestyle through making some of the world's best non-alcoholic craft beer. They make excellent tasting NA for healthy, active, modern adults. They use certified all-organic grains, and each can of non-alcoholic beer is only between 50 and 70 calories. They have IPA, golden ale, stouts, and tons of seasonal offerings. And recently, they actually just took home the gold medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships for their Double Hop IPA. If you would like to get your hands on some, you can save 15% by using the code ADVENTURE at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing, the best tasting way to keep your promises. And I also want to thank our sponsor, CS Instant Coffee, for making this show happen. They make 100% Arabica Instant Coffee. They use compostable packaging, and each package makes about 20 ounces of coffee. So I'll take one of those with me on an overnight trip, and it makes two pretty good-sized cups of coffee. And it's an awesome feeling knowing I can just throw that in my backpack, find some hot water, and I'm good to go. Save 20% by using the code ADVENTURE at csinstant.coffee. Fun stuff, though, you know, it's, it's, yeah. so, so, you know, you say you started in 2014. I mean, what, what was it like first trying to sell them? Were you, you know, just out at trade shows or out on the street at festivals, farmers markets? And what was one of the first big times you might've thought like, oh, wow, we we're, we're onto something. So basically it, when it was just me and then, uh, I quickly brought on, um, a woman named Jesse Naga who wrote an article about me for our local magazine and we just hit it off. And I said, Hey, you want to come help me out? So she started working part-time, but we, I launched on the grommet.com, which is an inventor's website. And the first weekend I sold 500 units. Holy cow. And that's when I knew this, this attraction. And I, and Jesse was working for me like 15 hours a week. And I was sort of working sort of mostly skiing and whatever, goofing off. 
So I, I knew I needed to buckle down from there. And then our website started getting some traction. From, and I think that was from this grommet experience. Um, and it just, it sort of progressed from there. How soon after making the belt did that big sale on the grommet website happen? Um, it was pretty quickly, actually. It was in the first three months, I would say, because I had prototypes and I was sending them the prototypes and they were a fairly new platform. Now they're gigantic and um, they just got bought out by Ace Hardware. So it's a gigantic platform now, but in the beginning it was fairly small. And uh, so I was able to send them prototypes and I actually talked with the owner and founder of the grommet.com. And she was the one who accepted my products and I was doing the drop shipping though. Luckily I'd set up a fulfillment center, uh, but that, that could have been, and it wasn't completely done yet, but I made sure that they got on board right away because fulfilling 500 orders in one weekend was not something I was prepared for. It was like learning about it as I was like driving up to ski mountain to go to Bridger, which has no cell service. Uh-oh, we're, we're getting some sales. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. How am I going to ship these? What's going to happen? Oh, I hope this fulfillment center knows what they're doing. You know, yeah, I'm glad you said that. You know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, success is sometimes just as scary as failure. Yeah. Because <laughs> once people pay for something, they, they, they kind of entrust you to make it happen, to get it to them. And that can be really scary sometimes. Oh yeah, I've done also done a Kickstarter, by the way. How did that go for you? Um, and that was another fulfillment nightmare. It went well. I got, I reached my goal in the time period. It is a ton of work, though, for any listeners out there thinking about it. It's really more of a marketing ploy than it is, unless you're a software developer. Then, then it's different. But if you're making a product and then People with their pledges are expecting to get the product when it's ready. Um, it's expensive and you have to ship it to them and they live in Israel or they live in Hong Kong. I mean, you, you get orders from all over the world and you have to get them their product. And keep up with each tier and what they get in each tier. Yeah, I can imagine it's it's quite a bit. I would not do that again. It's funny because we ha at MSU, we have a business school here and there's an entrepreneur program. And one of the professors contacted me and said, yes, I'm doing this um, section on Kickstarters. And, you know, would you be willing to come speak about your experience with it? And I said, absolutely. I'm going to tell him, do not do it. <laughs> Here's why you should never do this. And I would be great to help teach them what not to do so they don't make the same mistakes I made and waste money or resources that could be better used in a different direction. And he said, okay, thank you. Never mind." <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, tell them it's great. You they they don't want the truth. I'm not going to tell them that. Right. Right. I think if you're a software developer or something where you maybe just put somebody's name in the credits for their donations or there's not, um, it's a different, you're not making something that you have to send to somebody physically. Yes. That's, that's when it becomes an interesting, yeah, and not so easy to do. And I'm sure there's a million other people that had an awesome experience, but I've talked to a lot of people who said it was a lot of work for $20,000 or whatever you get. Yeah, yeah. When you had the idea, 
you started telling people what 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 did your uh what your husband think and what did the people around you think when you said I want to make belts? They said I'm crazy. No one's gonna buy it. It's, my husband's an awesome devil's advocate. <laughs> He'll tell you all the reasons it's not gonna work and everything that he's getting better about it now because I think a lot of his friends are like, oh my god, Jen's doing such a cool thing. He must be so proud. And he's like, oh. Yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> you know, maybe that is cool. But it was a change for him, too, that I went from being this free spirit person that was around all the time to working 40 hours a week and not getting home, you know, till 630 at night. And, you know, it's it's it was a change for him, too. I can imagine. And let me ask you this. Where does the name come from? Jelt. Is that your first name, Jen? And belt? Jen's belt. Yeah. Jen's belt. All right. I like it's it. Amazing. <laughs> it's so simple, really. It's but, simple. It looks good, though, and it's easy to remember. Yeah. And, you know, and it was available-ish. I think it was an automotive paint originally that, that had taken that name, Jelt, um, like Jelt.com. And then it got bought out by, by some interesting, like, I don't know, for-profit university deal. But we have JeltBelt.com. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Jeltbelt.com. That'll be in the show notes too. Yeah. But it's funny because that you're basically saying Jen's belt belt. If you're saying <laughs> But it, you, the way that sounds, so we often say, oh yeah, we're Jelt belt. That's, you know, people say ATM machine and it's automatic teller machine machine. <laughs> we're the ATM machine of belts. Of belts. <laughs> so how, how difficult is it to run a company in Montana? Oh, that's such a, that is a great question, actually, because in the beginning, I've found that it's pretty difficult because even if everybody in this whole town knew what my product was, that's still only 40,000 people. Right. You know, and that'd be every single person in this town. Versus if I lived in Los Angeles or Miami or whatever, you just, your, your population is so much bigger the way that you can reach out and the number of available customers and stores and distribution. And, you know, it's, it's so much bigger, but then again, being in Montana, you have this community support and you have people that stores that buy your product intentionally because you're made in Montana and people that go way out of their way to buy this belt because it's made in Montana and it's, you know, it gives back to our community. And there's just so much support around it that we get these great awards, employer of the year, innovator of the year. We are honored again and again by our community for what we're doing. And I don't think that would ever happen in a big city. I don't think anyone, you might be able to sell a lot of them, but you wouldn't be getting the recognition. And um, I don't know if the amount of money I donate back would make as big of an impact as it does here as well. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned that. And, and, and it's not just, I mean, people do love your company and it's not just because you're making great products. It's its the way you do it. Uh, you guys do something I think is pretty unique. You can tell me if it's more commonplace where you are, but 
you try to you empower uh, women to work who are in a correctional uh, program, correctional facility program, as well as um, people who wouldn't have jobs maybe out in rural Montana anyway. Um, yeah. So why don't you tell us about that program and what that's called and, and, and how that idea came about? Um, so basically what I didn't realize five years ago when I started this business was that I operate a social enterprise. I don't even know if that term was being thrown around five, six years ago, but a social enterprise is a, is a company that's completely founded with a mission to give back and to do good. Yeah. So that's, that's the only reason I exist. This company exists is, is to give back. So we make our belts out of hundred percent recycled plastic bottles. We manufacture them in a way that empowers underserved women. And then we donate a portion back to nonprofits, um, both locally and nationally. So in the beginning, the belts were made in China in the first year or two, because I didn't know how else to have them manufactured. We don't have a lot of manufacturing here in Montana and I just wasn't sure how to do it. And then I had this great meeting with the Montana Manufacturing Extension Center at Montana State. And this, this organization was there called Montana Correctional Enterprises. And they said, you know, we can make these for you. And it took about a year or two to get all the contracts and everything organized. And ever since then, I think we're three years in, um, we've had them made at the women's prison. And it's... It sounds a lot of people say, "Oh, isn't that orange is the new black?" You're taking advantage of these people. Oh, you, they're not getting paid, or you know, all these negative things around it. But it's actually an unbelievable um, way of of thinking about rehabilitating people in prison, and specifically women who are all they're mostly all mothers with kids at home waiting for them to get out. And so this program interviews them like a real job, then trains them then pays them and that money goes back toward their child support, their restitution and a savings account. And what we've heard from these women, because we go there and we work with them is that they have gained so much self-confidence by having this opportunity that they feel more empowered to, to be successful when they're released. And that's, what's important because they're, they're going to be released and they need to, not fall back into that same pattern and with the same bad people and making the decisions that will get them back in there. So the recidivism rate, which is the rate which people return, is reduced by 30% of the people who participate in this program, which is huge. Oh, that's incredible. That's one in three people. That is, on, 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 that is awesome. And they're all working on gel. They have some other projects too. But we pay the most, which I'm very proud of. We pay the most. And we don't save money, actually. It's so much cheaper to have it made in China, um, even with the tariffs. But uh, we, it's not part of our mission. You know, It just feels so good to have the manufacturing part as important as what it's made out of, as important as who we give the money back to after it's sold. Do you find it hard to balance the desire to give back and to be a business owner? Oh yeah. But you have to remember that's your mission. And that's why these awesome people work for me. You know, yeah. it's because we're not all about the money. We, yes, we have to make money. 
don't get me wrong. We can't donate anything back if we don't make money. So yeah, we got to sell products. We got to move product. We we've got to share the mission. We got to share. This is why you need this belt. This is why it's a better belt. This is why you should buy our thirty-two dollar belt versus that twelve dollar belt. That's probably not nearly as cool and strong and well made as ours anyway. So you got to think about, and you don't, maybe you don't need 47, $12 belts. Maybe you just get one or two $32 belts that when you're wearing it, you can feel good about it. Feel good about, you know, saying when I wear this, I know I'm supporting not only women in prison, but I'm getting water bottles out of the ocean and I'm giving back to veterans because a portion of our sales go to Warriors in Quiet Waters, which takes combat wounded veterans fly fishing um, as a means of rehabilitating them and and teaching them the power of catch and release. So, and, and then we also, as you said, we make our, we also manufacture our belts um, on rural ranches in Montana. So we have some women that um, are sewing uniforms for coal miners that aren't sewing as many uniforms anymore and they maybe have some off time and some free time and need to make extra money for their families. So they do, they also sew our belts. They're doing manufacturing for us as well, which is amazing. Yeah. You're you're really utilizing the skills of the people right there in Montana. You know, you're right. Like financially it can be done easier somewhere else, but at the end of the day, you know, that brand, that story behind what you're doing People do care about that, and I'm sure that's a big reason why people have been so passionate about belts, your belt, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Since I've started, there didn't used to be that many belt companies out there, and there was only a few that were elastic. And since then, there's a since I started five years ago, there's a lot more. There's knockoffs. There's big companies that I'm not even going to mention the names that have, you know, that knock us off. but nobody's making them out of recycled plastic bottles. Nobody's a pure social enterprise manufacturing in this unique way that gives back and then donating a very large portion back to organizations. Nobody's doing it like that because it's insane, but also because (laughs) it just, it's hard. It's really, really hard, but they probably also aren't survivors of a near death experience either. It really changes your perspective on life. I can only imagine. Where's probably the coolest place you've ever seen one of your belts being worn, either online or in person? Well, it's I love it when somebody is like in the outback of Australia and takes a selfie on their bike or whatever, and wearing their red, white, and blue American Pride gel and <laughs> post it on Instagram. I mean, stuff like that. You're just like, no way. I don't even know that person. That's amazing, you know, or... Um, I love it. Sometimes I'll be traveling with my husband and we're um, getting, you know, getting into our seats and somebody's putting their luggage in the overhead and you can see when their shirt comes up, you can see they're wearing a gel. And my husband will like elbow me and say, Oh my God, do you know that lady? She's wearing a gel. Believe it or not, Greg, I don't. <laughs> it's actually just right now that it's wearing a gel. Isn't that amazing? And, and he said, yeah, I just, that's super cool. I love that. And, you know, you're at a restaurant and some little kid walks in wearing a gel and you just think that is so great. Yeah. I just love it. It's just the simple things like that that make me so happy. 
seeing them out in the wild, you know, it, well, it validates the idea like, wow, th- this is a good product. I'm not the only one that thinks this. <laughs> yes. It's weird. It's weird to see, you know, when you're looking at your sales and, and where they're coming from and people are buying them. Australians love them for some reason, Canadians. Um, and you think, God, I would just love to be cruising around Vancouver and see somebody on a bike going by in a gel, you know, and say, yeah, that's my product. This is amazing. That is very cool. That was, you know, manufactured by hand in a correctional facility in Montana. By a woman who had an extremely hard life who wants to do better. Wow. That is, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, So what do you, what kind of things, what's in the future for Jelt? Maybe the immediate future. And then also, what are your hopes, you know, looking much further down the road? Um, well, people always say, you know, you should do this. You should do this. You should make this. You should make dog collars. You should make, you know, all these ideas constantly. Um, you get so many people. Have you ever thought about going on Shark Tank? No, I've never heard that before. No one has ever said that. <laughs> but of course, I hear that every week. Uh, but people have a lot of people have ideas. But what we do best is we make belts and we make awesome belts. And we want to really stick to that and make continue to make new lines, new designs, uh, listen to our customers, what the feedback that we're getting. Oh, I need one that's this thick and it would be great if you'd make it this color or um, that we listen, we take notes and we see where we want to move from there. And so far it's making uh, more hardcore adventure belts. Another thing that we've been asked repeatedly and we really want to start doing is um, first responder belts, things that can help first responders to wear underneath their big, heavy utility belt. So stuff like that, that, that fits with my mission, you know, let's, let's help the community. Let's help people that are helping the community. What has been probably the hardest thing for you, uh, running this business that's largely, uh, has an outdoor customer base to do. And also what's something that kind of comes pretty easy for you. Um, Nothing comes easy for me. Okay. <laughs> no. Talking about uh, it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> things came easy for me. No. Um, I think the hardest thing, and, you know, I it changes all the time, but what I'm realizing was one of the hardest things is uh, where do I fit? Where does this fit? Because we are the all-around belt. It's lifestyle. It's adventure. It's activity. It's everything. So we're not this hardcore, just adventure belt only, bro bra, whatever. That oh, we're all just, just for your snowboard pants or your mountain bike only. And it's it's really more beyond that. You can wear it mountain biking. You can wear it to the bar. You can wear it golfing, or you can wear it climbing. You know. And so having that broad reach has been difficult because it really does help if you narrow it down. And you're only um, some fashion belt that you're wearing to music festivals, or you're only just this belt that you wear on the ski slopes. It, it, so when you're as broad as we are, I think that's a big challenge. Who is our audience? Right. And, and anyone with pants on, you know? That's what I want it to be. And I want it to be right or shorts or whatever. Um, so 
it, that's been the hardest thing. And people, some people will be like, oh, that that's just a girl's belt or something. And I'm like, well, did you know that 40% of our customers are men? And a lot of women buy this for their husbands or kids or sons or teenagers. So it's not, it's for everyone. And we're basically 50, 50. I would be surprised at this point, we probably are more, have more male customers. We should check that demographic, but man, it's amazing, especially with the gel X. It's so easy to open and close and so user friendly. We just, the ones that we can't keep in stock. What would you tell somebody who maybe has an idea for something and maybe they're not in the most encouraging environment? Um, maybe they think they don't have enough experience. What would you tell them if they had an idea like yours and they want to start pursuing it? It's the same thing. I, I give speeches on this, actually, Mason. And I say, hey, if not now, when? Because you never know when your appendix is going to rupture, you're going to walk off the curb and get hit by a bus. So wouldn't you regret not giving it a shot because there's no guarantees in the world. So go for it. It's great that you're walking that walk. You know what I mean? You can speak from experience that going for it. You never know what's going to happen. You're obviously improving yeah. the lives of the people that are making it and also the people that are buying it. And so what's the hesitation with going after something like that? I think I, I would say when people don't go for it, it's fear for sure. It's fear of failure. It's um, fear of the unknown. Um, fear of having to work really hard, which you do. Uh, but would you regret it? If you died tomorrow, would you regret not starting this? No. Starting your companies, following your dream? Of course you would. So go for it. Awesome, awesome. So, so how can people find out more about the Jelt and about you? So on our website, jeltbelt.com. Um, J-E-L-T-B-E-L-T.com. Uh, we have an about us. We have a really cool video that we had made here by some MSU film students, new, new grads of the film program here that helped us put together this great 90 second film that basically tells the whole story. Uh, also, um, there's a phone number on there. I would be happy to talk to anyone. You can email me at Jen at jeltbelt.com if you have questions that you want to ask me about why not to do Kickstarter um, or how the grommet works or how you get something, you know, launched, then I would be happy to talk to anybody. And I'd love doing that. Oh man. That's thank you for, thank you for offering that. I hope you don't get inundated too much with requests, I, but uh, I, do. I hope I do. I think it would be awesome. Oh man. That's that's so, yeah, I love it. I love, I love this attitude towards it. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of company owners are just too cool to talk to anybody anymore or honestly too busy, which is understandable. So yes. thank you for taking time to carve out for, for people who are, who are just trying to, trying to do what you're doing now. Yeah. I love it. I love talking to customers too. We, oh, perfect. The, the people who work for me always laugh. They're like, Oh my God, Jen's on the phone with that. Vern or somebody again, you know, they become good friends. This, these people have so many questions and then you become friends with them. You know, it's great. And they call with, Oh, I got this idea for you. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> you never know. You never know where the next good idea is going to come from. So you can't, you can't, you can't dismiss those kind of requests. It's it, sometimes you forget that there's humans behind this website or behind this business. There's actual humans on either side. 
there's humans running the business, there's humans buying it. Don't, don't forget that connection. Absolutely. You know, you, you, they're humans that you, you probably would enjoy talking to like you do, you know what I mean? They're not, uh, that might want a relationship with people they bought a belt from, you know what I'm saying? And especially in small business, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. In these large companies, you know, they hire the people to answer the phones and they've got a whole bank of them and who knows where they're, you're calling, you know, who knows where those people live. But when you're working with small businesses, you're often calling right to the headquarters of that business, right to their office. And it's somebody that answers the phones that everyone knows. And um, it's great. It's that's what you want. To, that's why you support small business. Absolutely. And it sounds like you found a a great use of your passions and of your time and your talents and uh, congratulations on what you've built so far. And we, we wish you the best of luck moving forward. Thank you so much, Mason. That's super nice of you. I love chatting with you and I'm glad you were at that, the right conference. Oh, it was, it was cool to see uh, all the really cool companies there. And uh, so many of you had such good ideas that we're all deserving uh, to win. Honestly, it's incredibly hard to choose. Um, but what you guys are doing, I just loved the idea behind it and uh, the way you're doing it. It's pretty inspiring. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And Jen, thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll let you know when this comes out. All right. Sounds great. Yeah. Keep in touch. All right. Have fun. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, first of all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It really means the world to us that you want to spend your time with us. If you'd like to help us further, please just leave us a review on iTunes, share us on social media, tell your friends about us. You can become a patron, a supporter of the show for $5 a month at patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast. And if you know somebody that would make a good guest, reach out. We're always looking for good adventure and outdoor stories. And lastly, thank you to our sponsors whose messages follow right now. Athletic Brewing makes the best non-alcoholic craft beer. Go to their website at athleticbrewing.com and use the code in our show notes to save 15% on your first order. After all this adventure talk, if you're needing some gear yourself, but you need some advice before buying, go to backpacktribe.com where you can ask questions to the owners who have experience with all the gear as well as all of it for sale right there on their website.